The Rudy Giuliani Show. Hello, America. You're listening to The Rudy Giuliani Show, and thank you very much uh, for tuning in uh, today. Of course, there's lots of news to cover, and it's hard to know where to start. Maybe we'll begin with Pelosi's trip to Taiwan, which uh, is now... Um, at least, at least we, I think we know the answer to uh, at least the initial Chinese threat. Chinese have uh, threatened uh, to do terrible things. They don't, they don't articulate what those, what those terrible things are, but they say they're going to do terrible, terrible things as a result of Pelosi going to Taiwan. Now, this is this is a um, this is a problem the administration didn't need. I'm, I'm not so sure it isn't a problem the world uh, uh, didn't need. The world may have needed this problem, but from I'm just talking now from a political point of view, from within inside the administration. If you're considering their uh, very very deteriorating political support. Uh, I don't think they want the world to know just how weak Biden is on China. Because every time he shows weakness toward China or a concession to China, it just plays into the very valid question, how much did they buy of him? There is no question that he received uh, millions and millions of dollars from Chinese communists. The Bank of China, which is owned by China. Uh, CECP, which was a, uh, a front, uh, an intelligence front for the Chinese Communist Party. Um, put a few more together, arms deals, uh, chemical deals, uh, favorable to China. Uh, not just that he put together uh, politically, but that his family received huge profits from. A family in which, we are told by his son, he gets 50% of the income. So uh, we're not allowed to, these words are now banned, just like recession has, uh, meaning has changed, but in the old days, when we had a democracy and a country of laws, the things he did were called bribes. He took money uh, for his uh, government office. And then you say, well, what did he do in exchange for that? Well, my gosh, there's a list of things that Joe has done for China that cries out for. He must have been bribed. Uh, who would have given up the uh, Bagram Air Base? 400 miles from China, but someone favorable uh, to China and compromised by China. Who, who would ignore uh, COVID as, uh, and, Ch and China's role in COVID, the Chinese Communist Party's role in COVID? Who would have us rejoining uh, the World Health Organization, controlled by China? Oh, I could go on and on and on and on. But in this one, in this one, his reaction to Pelosi's trip, which in fact made it a bigger issue, his reaction to Pelosi's trip was to say it's not a good idea. And even now, even now, uh, when we're uh, when we're sort of um, when we're sort of uh, in a situation where she had to go, I mean, once she announced she was going, 
There was no longer a choice. She had to go. We realized that. You realize that, right? So the question is, did she know beforehand that the administration didn't want her to go? And there was a story that said that she was briefed in advance that Biden or Biden's people, whoever that is, Kirby and um, uh, uh, the rest of the who knows what they are. It's hard to tell. My goodness, they don't sound like Americans. Uh, they didn't want her to go. But she insisted on it. I, I, for the life of me, I don't know why she wanted this particular issue at this time. The long run, once she announced she went, she had to go, and she did, and I congratulate her for doing it. And uh, for the first time uh, in a long time, America looks like it has some strength, although although it um, doesn't help the president much because they seem to be they seem to be griping over it. So 25 Republican senators joined uh, Mitch McConnell in voicing their support for the trip. Uh, but then we end up with the following. We end up with Kirby uh, insisting on announcing nothing has changed about our stance on Taiwan independence, which is that we do not support Taiwan independence. We still have out there a Biden statement that he'll defend Taiwan and his administration's uh, insistence that there is no such decision. And this has never been clarified. And uh, if this were an administration with a president that functioned with a full brain, you, you could see the possibility why you might want that, this ambiguity, although usually ambiguity in situations like this based on the experience of the First World War is you don't want that much ambiguity in foreign policy. Otherwise, mistakes can be made. But let's see. So far, we've passed um, the most critical point, but there is uh, plenty of time now for Chinese retaliation, and let's see what it is, if any. They're almost in a position where they have to do something now or they look like the paper paper tiger and this this is a terribly immature way to be carrying out foreign policy or business policy or any kind of policy it should really be in reference to things that are real not things that are created and this is created uh, meanwhile on the other side of the Atlantic the other part of the Pelosi family is due in court um, and he's going to enter a plea of guilty but he's not going to have to show up to do it isn't that nice? You do a drunk driving where you were over a .08 blood, blood alcohol level. I don't think we know how much over. That also is being covered up because he's a Pelosi. And uh, he doesn't have to go to court. He can mail it in. Let's see what happens to that. Uh, drunk driving is a very serious offense. You can kill someone. I mean, I've always thought of it this way from the time I went to a Mothers Against Drunk Driving meeting in, uh, in uh, the state of Oregon, I believe it was. But uh, you, you, you don't want that on your conscience. You, you don't want that. You don't want to live with that for the rest of your life. So, damn it, don't drink and drive. 
Get somebody else to drive the automobile. The attack on Al uh, Swahiri was a victory for the United States and a victory for Joe Biden and uh, and a kind of a reversal on his uh, unwillingness to hit uh, bin Laden. But he did make the choice to do it. They used the uh, R-9X Hellfire missile uh, launched by a drone, which I think was real smart. And that missile is... Uh, Al Zawahiri, if all things happen the way they should, met quite an end because those the way they kill you is it isn't a bomb. It's like these blades come flying at you and rip you apart. Couldn't happen to a more evil human being. And uh, I believe in justice. I'm sure you do. And this was justice. I only I only regret not being able to do it myself after what he did to my city, my country, and our world. Now, that's the good part, but in every situation here, this, I mean, this administration can't ever get it right. What the hell was he doing in Afghanistan? I thought we got him all out of Afghanistan. Didn't you tell us that, Joe? Didn't you tell us that uh, we, 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 we cleared him out of Afghanistan? What the heck is he doing not only in Afghanistan, but being uh, protected in Afghanistan. Sounds like uh, the terrorists got a pretty good foothold in Afghanistan. Oh, and by the way, I don't know if you know this, Joe, but somewhere around the time you left, uh, they all of a sudden acquired like one of the biggest sets of armaments in the world. Did you know that? Just don't want to push this too far. I don't want to get you upset, but you left it there when you gave up uh, our most strategic base with regard to the country that bribed you, China, the Bagram base. So, yes, it is good news that we got him there. It's very bad news that he was there and being protected by uh, the government that we left behind, the, the, the situation that we left behind, the Americans that, we, that were killed that we left behind, the people you got murdered there, Joe. I just read from Piers Morgan here. I see he says, what the hell was Al, <laughs> Al Zawahiri doing casually standing on the balcony of a downtown residential house in Afghanistan's capital city of Kabul? The president assured us that al-Qaeda was gone from the country. So yesterday I said that Gates might have to amend his book and say that Biden was finally right about a matter of foreign policy that right now may need an asterisk. What was he doing in Afghanistan? And after all that time, how did we leave Afghanistan this way? And are they planning attacks? Are they planning attacks on us in Afghanistan? And are they uh, in a much freer position to do it since uh, they've got no... Um, no surveillance any longer, no, no intrusion, no interference. They got a whole open area to just figure out, let me see if we can do another World Trade Center. The organization has been taken over by a guy who's played kind of a role as a, 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 a background guy, but, you know, they can be more dangerous sometimes. Saif al-Adel. Uh, he is the likely takeover, uh, leader, the likely guy to take over Al-Qaeda and be the emir. He's Egyptian-born, 
He was, he's had background as a, a commando. He's used, you know, numerous aliases. I used to always love writing those indictments where the aliases took up the whole front page. This is Al Adal, a.k.a. Muhammad Ibrahim Makawi, a.k.a. Sen Al Adal, a.k.a. Ibrahim Al Madana, and then there are a couple of others. Yeah, take a long time to write this indictment. I wish we can catch him too, because he's just going to carry on. He's just going to carry on the, the 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 whole situation. Except he inherits 85 billion given to him by Biden, which is really great in equipment, or most of it, I assume. There are other terrorist groups there that probably shared in the in the goodies, but he got most of them. Uh, so last night we had some elections, and um, uh, they mostly came out uh, in a way that I think uh, President Trump would be ha happy with. He'd certainly be very, very happy with Kerry uh, Lake winning in Arizona. She was one of his strongest and biggest and most courageous supporters. So I would say that that's a, that's a victory that, he, that he's quite happy with. I think in Missouri, it, uh, he had pretty much indicated that he was happy with uh, a bunch of the candidates. I happen to have liked Eric Greitens as the guy to be the governor of Missouri, largely because he has the track record of being a reformer. He's already done it. He isn't one of these guys who's going to be sort of like a Joe Manchin, which we'll illustrate a little bit later. I know Joe Manchin has been you know, nominated for King of the World and the Red Badge of Courage and all sorts of other things, but he's nothing more than just another uh, make-a-deal politician, let me see what I can get. And I think you'll, you'll catch that when we come back and we uh, listen, to, listen to what he has to say about uh, his sellout. Uh, this is Rudy Giuliani, and I'll be back with you right after the break, and then you stay tuned for the final thoughts because we have some very interesting things to talk to you about, some changes to talk to you about uh, later on in the show. America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani back uh, with you. Uh, and I have to tell you, I'm back with you. And as I started uh, 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 to prepare this and get ready to talk to you about it, I had this Yogi Berra deja vu all over again feeling. Because I'm going to talk to you about a judge, Judge Leticia Ramirez. Now, uh, Judge Ramirez is a judge. I guess she's on. She's been elevated. Has she been elevated to the state Supreme Court at this point? Uh, but in any, in any event, uh, this is what Judge R R Ramirez has done in the last a few days. And the, way I say, the reason I say deja vu all over again, it reminds me of Let Him Loose Bruce who used to uh, exist in the 1970s and 1980s with Ed Koch, and he was constantly irritating Koch by letting criminals go free. You know, guys would be caught for rape, he'd let them go free. Guys would get caught for mugging, he'd let them go free. Guys get caught for this, get caught for that. And uh, Koch uh, named him uh, Let Him Loose uh, Bruce. Well, Letitia, I can't say she has a record as long as Let Him Loose Bruce, but she's got a couple here that you just cannot figure out. Uh, just the other day, um, she let out Matthew Villardo, 
on supervised release against a request of prosecutors who wanted him held um, who wanted him held on a on a substantial bail. He was hit with weapons charges after he was arrested with a twenty two rifle, an extended magazine, and five hundred rounds of ammunition in his car. The DA's office had requested a, a hundred and fifty thousand secured bond, uh, but she let him out. Out? Did she give him his gun? I don't know. Did she give him back his gun and his ammunition? That's the real question. Then, uh, just in a short order, on Sunday, another prosecutor's uh, asked her to hold uh, killer Vernon Gowdy. Gowdy was accused of stabbing a man on Saturday during a brawl outside uh, the smoke shop where he worked. He killed somebody. The DA's office wanted him remanded. She let him out on a five grand bail, which was made in seconds, probably out of his pocket. Now, let me tell you about her background. In 2017, she has a whole ethics problem where she misused her position when she wrote an appeals panel on behalf of her son, Michael, uh, I'm not sure I got this name right, but I think it's Tineo, who has been sentenced to 20 years to life for fatally shooting a man. So she wrote a a letter on behalf of her son, uh, and then she wrote a letter on official stationery on behalf of another uh, uh, criminal, a childhood friend, I guess, of her son, who was uh, fighting gambling charges. Well, she was she was um, uh, reprimanded and given some kind of punishment for that. I think we got to watch this Judge Leticia Ramirez, at least with regard to the two releases. She sounds like a danger to the public, and of course. We had a day again of quite a bit of crime. The fight over cold French fries in in uh, in, in in Brooklyn uh, with the with the McDonald's worker. I mean, this is just this is just crazy. I mean, the woman gets cold French fries. She goes back and she says, "Would you please heat them up?" They don't heat them up, and then they begin laughing. They begin laughing at her. Well, this is her version. And uh, she go- goes back and gets, and she asks her, her um, she asks her son, with whom she's FaceTiming, and she tells her son, uh, they're playing with me here in McDonald's. They're playing with me. And uh, he, he, uh, he comes back, and they have an altercation, and then with the, with the worker at McDonald's, and then... Uh, the son leaves and the worker goes outside, and by the time we're finished, the son has shot the worker, and he is now at Brookdale Hospital fighting for his life. Uh, the son has been previously arrested for grand larceny in 19, theft of service in 18, and he's got numerous sealed arrest records, so we can't know... Uh, just how many crimes he committed uh, as, an, as, a, as a juvenile because we want to protect his reputation. Well, we're going to take a, a short break, and we'll be back, and we'll get to your calls also and the mayor's final words.
former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Rudy Giuliani back uh, with you on the Rudy Giuliani Show. And uh, we're going to chat with you in a moment. A couple of things I just want to quickly bring you up to date on. In California, we had another... uh, 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 Mr. Albert uh, situation, uh, somebody picked on the wrong 80-year-old. Uh, they came in with a rifle to hold up his store, and uh, Craig Cope, 80 years old, had his own rifle. Ah, da, 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 da. He shot one of them. The others have been arrested. Unfortunately, Mr. Cope got a heart attack. But uh, he defended himself. He defended his life. He defended his property, like Mr. Alba did. There's more of this going on because the police response time, I'm sure, in California is as it is in New York. You know, many of you don't notice that, but it was brought out that the police response time is up about two minutes. That's a disaster that uh, people other than, than those who really understand law enforcement can really get that means you arrive at something like this after it's over uh, which also says to people when they know that it says to people we got to kind of take care we got to kind of take care of ourselves which is what uh, happened there's also an article in the in in the in the post called Manhattan knife fight and the knife fight is supposedly between Maloney and uh, Jerry Nadler but Jerry Nadler, I <laughs> I want you to hear Jerry Nadler and tell me who he reminds you of. Could we play Jerry Nadler, please? I am leading the fight to uh, to stop this, and that, and I have passed the uh, two impeachments. In my in leading this, I've impeached uh, Bush twice. I've passed the. Uh, the strongest, and on other subjects, I've passed the strongest gun control legislation in 30 years. I've passed the Respect for Marriage Act to uh, codify the right of uh, uh, okay. marriage I, equality, whatever the Supreme I Court think we said. got it. I think we got it. He impeached Bush twice. He did? He impeached Bush twice. This is what's representing us in, uh, in Manhattan, in uh, Congress. This is, uh, you know... No, no, the conspiracy to falsely impeach someone, Jerry, the conspiracy to frame uh, an innocent man was Donald Trump, not, not, not Bush. And you knew damn well that there was no uh, Russian collusion, and you did it anyway, because you're a dishonest man, Jerry. You're a dishonest man. No, you were against impeachments when it was the impeachment of... of um, of Clinton for a- an actual crime, perjury, but uh, but uh, Trump, Trump, uh, you were willing to impeach based on a made-up uh, crime, Russian collusion, made up. You were lying about it, Jerry. You were lying, which is why maybe you now switch it over to Bush, or are you suffering of a a, a, a little bit of what Biden's got? Or is it true uh, with all you older Democrats? You've been so damn crooked all your life that you can't remember anything anymore. You don't know what lies to tell. Recession? There's no recession. There's only two quarters in a row. 
in which we've uh, had a decline in GDP. Gee, that's what Clinton said was recession, but Clinton, but Clinton is wrong. So let's let's get to that for a moment because there's a new hero in town, and it's Joe Manchin. And I want you to see that Joe Manchin really does belong as a after having uh, played a nice part as being sort of somewhat independent. Uh, he really is pretty much a creature of the swamp. Let's listen to um, listen to Ari for a minute. Uh, 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 number eight. You know, I wanted to come out here tonight. I wanted to say, wow, we already have the final results, but we know how our election systems work, and they don't work well. And that's one of the reasons I'm standing here, and I think it's one of the reasons you're standing there. Am I right? But I think I may have the I think I may have the wrong one. So let's go to the mansion uh, 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 quote in which he explains uh, whether he's going to be for or against Biden in the next election. I thought it was nine, but just check it out to be sure. Let me ask you to expand on something you were discussing with Chuck Todd on Meet the Press on Sunday, where you said, well, you did not say whether you would back Democrats in the midterms, and you said you would decide based on individual candidates, I think. Would you support Joe Biden if he's on the ticket in 2024 as the Democratic president Andrew, seeking re-election? Let, let, let me make it very, very clear. This is the most, one of the most important pieces of legislation in my lifetime that we've ever done. Cool well, allies you, around the world. And you've worked with the Democratic White House on it. This is great for America. Yeah. Can't we do something for our country without having well, to bring politics into it? Well, you're, That's you're all a I'm Democratic... not going to talk about. You're a Democratic senator. I'm just asking you whether you would support your own, the leader of your own party. I'm talking about, I'm supporting this bill, Andrea. It's the American bill. It's the red, white, and blue American bill. It's the bill that we need to fight inflation, to have more energy, to do the job that we were sent here to do. Every time you talk about politics, it gets people fired up. I'm not going to go down that path. Voting for president is going to get people fired up? What's he afraid he's going to create another January 6th if he says he's going to support Biden? Come on. Come on, Manchin. You're a bull artist like all the rest of them. And that's why you pulled the plug on this anti-inflation bill, my backside. There's no recession. Bunch of liars. And you're just another one of them. Wow. Wow. Did they have you figured wrong, pal? Let's go to uh, Ross, uh, or is it Russ in New Jersey? I I wrote this down a little strange. In New Jersey. Hi, Hi, Mayor. How are you? All right. Yeah, it's Russ. Russ from New Jersey. Okay, good. Okay, I got it right. Good. Well, with all this about about, uh, that uh, that old hag going to uh, Taiwan, what, when are we going to, you know, uh, hold China accountable for the China virus that they gave us? Well, I guess when we get a president who hasn't been bribed by them. Exactly. I mean, there's no I mean, how, how do you escape the fact that on one side of the ledger, you got about six or seven years in which the Chinese Communist Party is pouring in excess of thirty one million dollars into the Biden family, which Hunter gives you the formula for. Hunter tells you the formula is that Joe gets 50% of that. So $31 million goes in, 50% for the big guy, for Joe. The 10% was that one individual 
$30 million deal. But the overall percentage, according to Joe, in the text to his daughter is 50%. On one side, you got the $31 million. On the other side, you have him giving up Bagram 40 miles from China. You got him get, letting him off the hook on coronavirus. You have us rejoining the WHO. I mean, I don't know. Oh, by the way, and selling oil from our oil reserve to, to them. Oh, and nobody cares. Nobody cares that he's selling out the United States and he was paid for it. That's sad. Tom in Queens. Okay, uh, Tom drops, so we'll go to Elliot. Yes, hi. Good afternoon, Mayor. Hi, Elliot. Hi. I just wanted to talk about um, the strike in Afghanistan on that al-Qaeda leader. I think it's a little bit of about wagging the dog here. I think they had him on the radar for a long time, and they just seemed to hit him now. It's not because they had the opportunity, because everything is in the tank. You know, his polls are dropping. Everything is bad. So that's what they do. They, you know, same thing in Israel. You know, it's a shame to say it. You know, they have a terrorist attack, and then all of a sudden, 24 hours later, they hit a bomb-making factory. Why? You didn't know that before? Right. Come on. This is ridiculous. Well, I mean, actually, though, he would need one of those every day to make up for the situation that he's in. I mean, Clinton, Clinton is the one who was accused of wagging the dog. Great movie, by the way. Um, uh, and Clinton, you know, was marginal, not, not like this guy. This isn't going to do him much good. Plus, immediately, I mean, if, I don't know if you read Piers Morgan's column today, but he raises the obvious question, what the hell was the guy doing there in the first place? I thought we had gotten rid of the terrorists in Afghanistan. That's why we could leave. And what it turns up is, and it may end up hurting him more, is that actually, if anything, the terrorists are stronger now there than before, and that they're planning to come here and attack us, which is exactly what was predicted, should he pull out in the precipitous way in which he did. Oh, and we're forgetting he left behind $85 billion in equipment so they can kill us. So uh, in a way, yes, he gets al-Zwahiri, but he puts a focus on the fact that everything he did with regard to Afghanistan could be one of the worst disasters in American history. It's impossible to think. It was impossible to think that a president could be this bad. I I think in the worst moments of my thinking about um, Hillary being president or watching Obama... This, this is uh, almost imp- too um, painful to describe, really. And the way the press lets them get away with it, it's as if no one helps to protect the United States. It's got to be us. We've got to be the ones to point it out like you, Elliot. And thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. We're going to go to Judith in uh, Brooklyn. Hi, Rudy. Um, Hi, Judith. Ask, How are you? Uh, you know, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? You good? Yeah, I'm fine. Good. Okay, great, great. Rudy, um, I, you know, when it comes to patriotic Pelosi, I don't trust her as far as I can throw her. <laughs> so I was trying to figure out what is what is this trip all about? Yeah, we've on, been, I was on. having that conversation earlier today with a couple of so different Rudy, people. 
<laughs> so Rudy, Rudy, so Rudy, Rudy, listen, listen, Rudy. Okay, Rudy. let me just stop so laughing. Guess what? Okay, so Rudy, guess what? L- listen to this. Her husband, her husband, made some sort of business deal a month ago in Taiwan. Okay, something with computers, adapters and computers, or something with computers. You could check it out. So you tell me why she went to Taiwan. Okay. <laughs> There, there's got to be something there, business there, whatever well, she's there. You should have been part husband. of this conversation before with these guys, and they were trying to. They were saying, <laughs> they were saying to me, "Okay, you're so smart. What, what she, what's she going there for? It isn't for the good of America. She hasn't thought about America in thirty years. So what? I mean, what's she going there for? What, what's Paul getting? Her son apparently, kind of, kind of slinks around too. They said maybe it's for her son. Well, I'll go check on that. So what was she doing? She was, he, he was there looking for what? What was Paul? So, well, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. I know Paul, Paul's got to be in court pretty soon for his, uh, although he's going he's gonna to be able to go to, he doesn't have to go to court. You do, if you have even a speeding ticket, right? But he doesn't have to go to court, even though he was driving drunk and we don't know how drunk they won't let us know which means it must have been bad you know that you know when they hold it back it always is something that hurts democrats so it must be uh, couldn't be something like marginal right near the right near the uh, right near the dividing line must have been quite a cop too that had the had the guts to pull him in Congratulations to that cop. I wish I knew who he was. I do. Uh, let's go to John, who's in New Jersey. Hello there. Thank you for what you did for New York and what you're doing for us uh, now. Okay? Thank you. Thank you, John. Now, the thing I want to talk about is the year 2026. It's our 350th anniversary as a country. And the communists know it, the socialists know it, the progressives know it, know it the uh, globalists know it. They would like to have no country or no country like us anymore in the way. So all these things that are happening in this, in this, in this country, all the crime stuff from Soros, he's one of them, all these things are meant to fracture the society. And uh, we have to stop taking them as individual things. They are, to me, all part of the program. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but if we ever had a war with Russia and they appointed a commissar for the, for the, for the United States, that commissar would be doing the exact same things that Joe Biden did already. He would fracture everything he could possibly do and do everything he could do to annoy the population. And... Uh, I don't think you know, I'm even concerned about the election 2024 between the resignations and appointing the vice presidents and this, that, and everything else. The way they'll do it is like they did with Nixon and, and uh, when he had to resign. And we warned that with Gavin Newsom in there and no vote for him at all from anybody. You think there'll be a, a, a Democrat president in 2024? Whenever they, whenever they have to. They are masters at planning long term. Look at this. They had this set up. They're set up for the uh, the ballots getting doubled up. And 
all that stuff was well ahead of time. It wasn't a last-minute move. Well, I know yeah. you're, uh, I, I, a lot of what you say I, I, I take very seriously. Uh, I just am not quite willing to give up on the fact that we can't conduct a free and fair election, or at least fair enough so that we can win in 22 and 24. But I do agree with you that um, these things are not unconnected. I mean, un un uh, a few years ago, I think we did see them as unconnected. But I think uh, as some of us went back and read Marx and Engels and uh, Alinsky, and we realized this is uh, way, way too coincidental not to be part of the uh, George uh, Soros uh, One World Movement, the, uh, uh, the movement toward communism and socialism, uh, the deprivation of freedoms uh, for, for those of us who are considered uh, the deplorable so that the highly elite can lead wonderful lives, which is what happens in a communist country. The richest people in China are the 100 million Chinese communists. The poorest people are the rest. So uh, we'll be back uh, very shortly with the mayor's final words. Rudy Giuliani. Former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani back with the Rudy Giuliani Show and the Tunnels of Towers mayor's final thoughts. Sponsored by Tunnels of Towers which is the organization that takes care of our obligation to those men and women in uniform who keep us safe, protect our freedoms, and keep us alive. And in so doing, uh, too many of them lose their lives or their limbs or the ability to function, you know, normally. And T2T is there right away, right away. If it should be a loss of life, they're there to help the family with the mortgage and show them the kind of support that, that, that they deserve and need. And if it's a situation where it's difficult for the person to ma manage, they build a smart home so that the person can have the maximum amount of independence. This is an organization you want to be part of. So donate $11 a month to T2T.org. That's T, the number 2 T.org. So as part of my final thoughts today, I want to remember a great American, really, uh, an American who was part of my youth, very youth, uh, and I think maybe all of us who grew up during that era in New York, uh, whether we were Yankee fans or Dodger fans or Giant fans, Vince Scully was uh, uh, just a great man, a great announcer, uh, an iconic voice for baseball, and he passed away. He was part of the era for me of Mel Allen and Red Barber and uh, Phil, Phil, Phil Rizzuto. Uh, I mean, just iconic sports reporters. And uh, let's play a little piece from Vince Scully, because I think when you hear the voice, whether you're a baseball fan or not, this voice is going to be very familiar to to all of you we got out of school at 2:30. the john games were 3 15 and so i could go to the ball game and so i just fell in love with baseball most of the time i was in center field now center field in the polar grounds was 483 feet away as turner strikes out one down so I would sit in the bleachers and I would cheer and I would watch and I just love the Giants. Well, the point of the whole story is this. My first love was October the 2nd, 
1936. Second game of the World Series. Today is October the 2nd, 2016. A lot of time has gone by. <laughs> exactly 80 years to the minute from that day. Well, that was his final broadcast. And... Uh, it is interesting that he was a Giant fan because he became famous as a announcer, you know, for a short while for the Brooklyn Dodgers, but then the voice of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And in some ways, one of the voices of baseball, like Mel Allen, one of the iconic voices of baseball. Um, and uh, an extraordinarily intelligent man, always, um, n never, when he went away from the game, did he wander off into you know, strange territories and odd discussions. And it was all very relevant, very interesting, like what he was talking about right there. Sense of humor when he needed it. Did some of the great World Series. Uh, and was a fair man, you know, fair in the way... Uh, in, some, in, in those days, many of the sports reporters were homies. You know, they would be... They'd, they'd be for the team that, that, that hired them. Vin, Vin uh, had to be a little bit pro-Dodger, although apparently his great love with the, with the Giants. That's very interesting. I think I knew that somewhere. But, you know, when you grew up in New York in that era, and I grew up as a Yankee fan in Brooklyn, for which I had to fight my way through the streets, which made me even more dedicated Yankee fan. You come to love them all after a while. They're all part of your childhood. When Gil Hodges got into the Hall of Fame, I was as happy as, as I was when Mariano Rivera got in. Well, we'll be back with you tomorrow. And, of course, please remember, I, I did it this morning myself on purpose. Just thank God you're an American.